All right. Good morning, everybody. How many of y'all will help me with as loud as you can? Help us welcome our Fairview family to the service this morning. Yes. We are glad they're joining with us. We're glad they're here with us. So if, if you have your Bible today, I want you to turn with me to Romans chapter number 10. Romans chapter number 10 uh, out there at Fairview. We thank God that you're with us and going through this, this series with us today. Uh, Romans chapter number 10 and verse number 13. Romans chapter 10 and verse 13. Uh, isn't it good to be saved? I mean, it's just flat out show sure enough good to be saved. Uh, knowing that we have hope. Uh, we had several funerals this week, and, and, and seeing broken people and hurting people is one of the most difficult things in the ministry, but I'm glad I could stand there and say this is not the end. This is not the end. This is we're going to see in a little while. Amen? Amen? We don't sorrow as others who have no hope. We have hope. We have hope. Amen? Uh, and we have hope because of the good news. The gospel. And, and also, we have, we have some of our Yankee family here from Rhode Island. How many of y'all will help us welcome the Broders back with us this morning? Amen? Amen. It's getting cold up there. They got to fly south for the winter. Amen? Amen. All right. Uh, man, it's good to be, I, I'm just glad to be around God's people. I'm telling you, I'm glad to be around God's people. And all the doom and gloom that's out in this world, uh, Wednesday night, man, I could feel it. I'm telling you, I could feel it and see the stress on the faces of people with politics and the pandemic and everything that's going on. Uh, regardless, everything's all right in the Father's house. It's good. Amen. All right, Romans chapter number 10 and verse number 13. Verse number 13. If you found your spot, say amen. It says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, I don't know if you realize it or not, but that's the best news you've ever heard. The Bible says we are to preach and share the gospel, and the word gospel means good news. And it's good news that a sinner can be saved. Are y'all with me? Now, watch what it says. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach except they be sent? Now, keep in mind all these are rhetorical questions. That he's, in, he's just uh, uh, really assuming that you already know the answer. Are y'all with me? All of these are in the negative. They're not going to uh, believe in whom they've not heard. They're not going to hear without somebody to tell them. Are y'all with me? So y'all see how this is working here? Now look, how beautiful, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Now, let me say this before we sit down. When you see the word preacher here, don't, don't assume he's talking about a man with a suit on standing on a platform. The word means proclaimer. One who will proclaim good news. If you go to somebody, if you go to somebody and said, I have found an answer to your problem, you are a preacher proclaiming to them good news. Are y'all with me? That's all that means. But the Bible says the one who brings good news, they got some pretty feet. That's the Alabama version. 
You know what that means? You were glad when you saw them coming. Are y'all with me? Now here's the thing. This morning we're going to preach on the subject. I got good news and I got some bad news. Good news and bad news. How many of of y'all want to hear the good news first? How many of y'all want to hear the bad news first? Tough. We're hearing the good news first. (laughs) It comes first in the outline. Amen. All right. Now that I got some of y'all loosened up and, 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 and smiling a little bit this morning, why don't we pray and ask the Lord to, you know, it doesn't matter if we're all here if he don't show up. Amen. So let's ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we're so grateful and thankful for your blessings and your mercy. I'm so grateful for the the spirit that's in this place. And I am very certain is out there at Fairview right now. I'm glad that you are omniscient, Lord. I'm glad you're omnipresent. You can be everywhere at the same time. And God, I pray right now that you will just move in this auditorium, move out there at Fairview, speak to our hearts. Lord, we don't want to hear a lesson. We don't want to hear a sermon. We need to hear a message. We need you to speak to each and every heart this morning and bless us and help us, challenge us, convict us. Lord, I pray. I pray your perfect will be done. And God will thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated out there, Fairview, if you're not already seated. I want to I review just a second. Uh, we are in the middle of a series called Missional Minded Members. Say that with me. I couldn't hear you. Say it with me real loud. Everybody? Missional minded members. members. Now, let's define that again. We've done it every week, but let's define it again so we're all on the same page of what missional means. If you'll put it up on the screen there, and I hope you have it on the screen out there at Fairview. Missional living is a Christian term that describes a missionary lifestyle. Adopting the posture, thinking behaviors and practices of a missionary in order to engage others with the gospel. Now, what does that mean? It means when you walk out of your door, you're going to think like a missionary. You're not going to think like a painter, a plumber, an electrician, a ditch digger, a backhoe driver, a truck driver, a mail route deliverer. Uh, You're going to think, how can I reach somebody with the good news? Now, I'm going to go paint a house, and I'm going to go dig a ditch, and I'm going to go haul some gravel, but in my gravel hauling, I'm going to run into somebody that I can share some good news with. Is everybody with me? Say amen. And we use the term missional so we can contrast. So you get out of your head the myth that there's professional missionaries and professional preachers. We pay people to go do that gospel spreading stuff. All we have to do is come to church and give our offering. Well, that's not the Bible. That's not the Bible. We're all missionaries. We're all called to share the good news, okay? The use of this term is to contrast the concept of a select group of professional missionaries. Now, here it is. Now, say it with me. Read it all with me. With the, Everybody read it. Help me. With the understanding, I can't hear nobody. Are y'all here this morning? Is anybody not here this morning? Okay, come on now. Here we go. With the understanding that all, how many? Say it again. All. All Christians should be involved in the great commission of Jesus Christ. You're making me nervous. Thank you, brother. 
Amen. You got to watch it when a Baptist sneaks up on you. Amen. All right. Now, now let's, 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 let's get right to it. All right. Let's not waste no time. Let's get right to the good news. Let's get right to the good news. That first verse. Look at the first verse. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. All right, here's the good news. If you're writing this down, if you're writing this down, look at this first point. We see the potential recipient. The potential recipient. And I'm going to go through these fast because I want to hunker down in the bad news, all right? Uh, And you'll see why in just a minute. Uh, The potential recipient. The Bible says for... No. That's not what it says. Verse 13, for now all would work, right? A whosoever is all, amen. But what does it say? For, say it again, for. Now look at your neighbor right now and say, you are a whosoever. That's the best thing you've called them all day. You are a whosoever. It doesn't matter who you are, you are a whosoever. It doesn't matter how rich you are, you are a whosoever. It doesn't matter how poor you are, you are a whosoever. It doesn't matter what color you are, you are a whosoever. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I'm glad it doesn't matter who your grandpa was or who your mama was or who your daddy was. You have a potential to be a recipient of the salvation that God has to offer. It doesn't matter who you came from. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter how bad you've been in your past. Oh, but preacher, I've been a terrible person. But that's okay because you're a whosoever. And if you're a whosoever, you qualify. All right, let's all take a deep breath, everybody. Everybody, come on. Are you ready? 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 Don't spit on the back of your neighbor's COVID. Amen. Just take a deep breath. Here we go. You ready? One, two, three. That means you're alive. Right? And if you're alive, that means you're a whosoever. Whosoever. Preacher, I just, you don't know my background. I don't care. You don't know where I come from. I don't care. Whosoever, listen, you don't need any Greek definition here. Whosoever means whosoever. Now, I don't know about you, but that's good news. There are golf courses I can't get on. Because my tax bracket ain't high enough. There are certain clubs in this world I can't get in. Because I don't know the right person and I'm not the right person. Are y'all with me? But do you realize in order to walk on the street of gold and see the gates of pearl and, 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 and be able to visit those walls of Jasper and see the mansions in my father's house, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what's in your bank. It doesn't matter who you know or don't know. Listen, you have potential to make it to glory. Now, how many of y'all would agree with me? Bless God, that's good news. Good news, good news. All right, so good news is the potential recipient for, come on now, for, for whosoever. Now, B, B, 
We see not only is, is the recipient good news, I can make it. I have a chance. I have potential. I have access to God. B, I want you to look at the practical requirement. The practical requirement. You know this is going to be alliterated. Come on, get with us, people. Practical requirement. Watch this. For whosoever, for whosoever, watch this, shall call on the name of the Lord. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord. Now, now, let's practice. Let's practice. Dear Lord, forgive me. You just called on him. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not saying you just, everybody in here just got saved. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is salvation comes by the word of faith. If you study this chapter out, listen, you don't have to go way up into the mountains to, to, to seek a higher power. You don't have to go way in the valley. You don't have to go deep in the ocean. You don't have to go up to heaven to try to find him. What you got to have, you already have. It's a word of faith, believing on the Lord with all of your heart and calling on him. You know what the thief on the cross did? He said two words. Remember me. Say it with me. Remember me. Remember me. The Bible says with the heart is right here in this chapter. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. With the mouth confession is made unto salvation. He believed that he was who he said he was. And he said, remember me. And Jesus said, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. You know what's the good news about this? You know what's, why this is so much, in my mind, good news? Because it doesn't matter who you are. God made it easy so that every single human being could do what was necessary to be done to get it to heaven. It's not by your bank account. It's not by your physical ability. It's not by your intelligence. It doesn't matter who you are. You can call on him and be saved. It's simple. Religion makes it difficult. All the cults of this world says you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to fly planes into a building, you got to do all these these terrible, terrible things. And all Jesus said is, "Believe me, call on me, call on me." It's a practical requirement. It's easy. It's easy. Getting saved is not hard. Getting saved is the easy part. Getting lost is hard. And I'm not even going to go there because i got too much message to preach. Everybody in the South saved. Ain't been to church in 27 years. But everybody, th- anyway, anyway. Shoot that rabbit. All right, good news, good news. For whosoever. What, what was A? For whosoever. Everybody say it. The potential recipient. Look at your neighbor and tell them out there in Fairview, look at your neighbor and say, you got potential. That's right. You know why you got potential? Because you're a whosoever. Right? Then what was, what was B? What was B? Practical requirement. We can practice this. It's real easy. It's real simple. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. Right? Right? Nothing to it. Simple. God made it easy. So whosoever. If he's going to make a requirement for salvation, he's going to make it that whosoever can do it. Are y'all with me? Now, watch this. Look at the last one. Look at the last one. Look here. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. What's that next one? Everybody say it. Say it again. Louder. Shall be saved. Did that say might be saved? 
shall. That's a promised reassurance. That is a guarantee. A guarantee. Don't ever in your, don't ever in your Christian life say, I hope I make it to heaven. Man, I don't want to get in on yours. Do you realize you can know that you know that you know that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life? These things are written that you may know that you have eternal life. Not that you wonder or hope. No, no, no. You know it's a guarantee. If you do what he said to do, he guarantees you'll make it in. Now, how many of y'all would agree with me? That's good news. That's good news. It's good news to know that no matter your background, no matter how many foolish things you've done in your life, no matter who you are, no matter where you come from, you didn't have to grow up a church kid. You could grow up a thug in the streets, in the ghetto, but Jesus will take you just like you are. Matter of fact, there's more, well, anyway. Whosoever, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's the good news. That is what we are supposed to be communicating to everybody. Y'all with me? Now, now, let's not make this complicated. Let's not make this complicated. When we say we're supposed to share the gospel, we, we get all like wigged out like, oh, oh my goodness, that's like real spiritual. I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know all the verses. Well, do you know that what a whosoever is? How many of y'all know what a whosoever is? How many of y'all know how to ask God to save you? That's what it means to call on the Lord. It means to ask him to save you. How, how many of y'all know what a guarantee is? That's all you got to tell them. That's all you got to know. That, my friend, is good. Come on, that is good news. Now, so much for the good news. I'm glad for the good news. I'm tickled to death for the good news. But here's the bad news. Here's the bad news. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be How are they going to call on whom they've not believed? Now, the good news is if you call on him, he'll save you. But they're not going to call on him until they believe him. But how are they going to believe in whom they've not heard? Now, they can't call on him until they believe. But they're not going to believe until they have. But how are they going to hear unless somebody tells them? Y'all with me? And how is somebody going to tell them if they're not told to? That means unless they're sent. Uh Uh-oh. Watch this. Write three things down. Write three things down. What's the bad news? What's the bad news? Remember, all of these questions are rhetorical. You already know the answer to them. You already know the answer to them. How are they going to call on whom they've not believed? They're not. How are they going to believe in whom they've not heard? They're not. How are they going to hear unless somebody tells them? 
Amen? I mean, there's the greatest news that's ever been known to mankind, but yet they don't have it. Why? A, write this down. Because there's unfaithful messengers. Unfaithful messengers. Oh, but preacher, but preacher, you, you said, you said, how are they going to do unless they're sent? Okay, let's see if we're sent. The Bible says, the Bible says in Matthew 28, Matthew 28, verse 19. If you have it on the screens, if you have that available, go ahead and put that up. Matthew 28, 19. What's the first three words? Say it again. Now, how many of y'all would, would agree with me that that sounds like being sent? Now, remember, there were no pastors at this time. There were no missionaries at this time. They were only followers of Jesus. How many of y'all are followers of Jesus? They were only disciples. How many of y'all are disciples? So he is speaking to disciples. So if he's speaking to disciples and we are disciples, guess who else he's speaking to? And so what is he doing? He is sending them. Go ye into all the world. Somewhere along the line. Somewhere along the line, we have, we have, we have uh, uh, somehow transitioned from disciples going to sitting and telling the sinners to come. But that's not biblical. That's not what he said. He, de- he didn't say sit on your backside and hope they come. He said you go. That means you are Thank you, Miss Diane. I appreciate it. <laughs> that means all of us in here are sent. We're sent. We're sent. Now, if we are sent and we have the good news, we have it. You know it. You know it. And say, well, I didn't know it. You know it now. You know what a whosoever he is. You know how to call on the name of the Lord. And you know he'll save you if you ask him. Somebody say amen. amen. You know it. You know it. You know the good news. And now you know that you have been sent by the Lord himself. Go ye into all the world. Preach the gospel to every creature. Amen. amen. Go tell them. Tell them the good news. Tell them. Tell them that God will save them. Tell them it don't matter who they are. Don't tell them it doesn't matter what their background is. Tell them it doesn't matter the sin they've had in their life. Tell them that there is a God who loves every fiber of their being. That loved them enough that he would die for them so that they could be saved and make it to heaven. Go tell them salvation is a guarantee. He has sent you. So let's go backwards. We done covered that. How shall they share or proclaim or deliver the message unless they're sent? How many of y'all agree? We've, we've, already de- we've already seen we're sent. So that question is taken out. Everybody's sent. How shall they? Come on. How shall they? Unless somebody tell them. Well, how are they going to tell them unless they're sent? Oh, no, no, we're sent. We're sent. If you believe everybody's sent, raise your hand. Okay, all right. So why, why are they not hearing? We're not telling. We're not telling. I don't know how many people's in this room. Pretty good, 
pretty good bit. Imagine if just this crowd right here in Coleman County went this week and told somebody the good news. Just one. Now watch this. Because we have unfaithful messengers, we have an unheard message. We have an unheard message. We have an unheard message. Now I know what some of you are thinking. Everybody look at me now. Everybody look at me. This is convicting. I know. I know. Everybody's got this idea because you live in the South, the Bible Belt. I mean, we might as well be the buckle. Right? I mean, we've got this idea that everybody knows. Everybody knows. There's churches on every corner, preacher. That don't mean they're going. I'm going to tell you this. DJ, I'm going to need you to testify. You don't have to testify. Just nod your head. DJ, you have sat beside me. You have sat beside me tons and tons of time in Bondo Church where we shared something that to me and you was a no-brainer. I've heard a million times. And me and you have sat there and watched men look at it like they'd never seen it before. Am I right? I mean like, wow. You know why? Because they hadn't. I'm talking about men older than me. Oh, but preacher there in the South. Yes, they've heard the name Jesus. But a clear presentation, understanding, and explanation of the gospel. Are y'all with me? They hadn't heard. You know why? Because we're not telling them. So guess, guess what message they do here? They don't hear that there is a God who will forgive them of all their sin. They don't hear that there is a God who is righteous and just, but he is also graceful and forgiving, and he will, he will save them. You know what they hear? They hear whatever Hollywood wants them to hear. And we have people who would not dare step foot in this building because of the preconceived idea of what they've got off of the TV of what church is really like. You know why? Because for all of the unfaithful messengers from the house of God, there are tons of faithful demonic messengers. Brother Doug, would you say amen right there? If we don't give them the right message, Satan is going to be ready with the wrong message. Now watch this. Now watch this. What was A? What's the bad news? What's the bad news? We have... Come on, say it with me. And because of unfaithful messengers, we have a we have an unheard message. We have an unheard message. And the Bible says, how shall they believe in whom they've not heard? So if they haven't heard, they can't believe. So if they are unfaithful messengers and an unheard message, then there's going to be a bunch of unsaved men. How many of y'all would agree people going to hell is bad news? All right, everybody look at me a minute. Everybody look at me a minute. I need, I need I, this is real serious. 
Okay? Real serious. Look at me, everybody, everybody. We're almost done. How many of y'all remember when this COVID thing first started and it was still in China? Mm-hmm. It wasn't that big a deal. We didn't even think much about it. We went right on about our business. And then even when a few cases started here, it wasn't that big a deal. It was, it was all the Democrats. Hey, I read the Facebook. It's all a hoax. Until you knew someone that got it. Until you got it. Until one of your families got sick or passed away from it. Then everything changed. Everything changed. Now here's what I want to say about that. We don't need to look at the lost as them. We need to look at it as Uncle Wayne and Uncle Bobby. We need to look at it as our cousin and put the name there. Because if we keep praying for the lost, that's, that's not personal. And, 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 and when it's not personal, we don't get real serious about it. I was praying for people. I was praying for people that were sick with the COVID. But I'm telling you, things change when they're your family member. When they're close to you. And I want us to get a missional attitude and think about our friend that we work with. Think about our family that we grew up with. Think about our children that we have raised. Think about our parents who we love. Somebody say amen. Amen. Because that changes everything. When we start thinking of the loss, we need to put faces. We need to put faces there. Now, I don't know if you're aware of this or whether you understand what the Bible truly says about lost people when they die, but they go to an eternal hell. There's going to be a lake which burns with fire that they will be in forever and ever and ever. This is a big deal. Now, I want to share one more, one more story. And everybody, just, just, shut your, just shut your notes in your Bible because I know you, I got your undivided attention. Now look at me. The verses are there. The verses are at the bottom of your, at the bottom of your, 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 your notes there so you can look at them later. How many of y'all remember in the book of John where Jesus shows up at a well? He shows up at a well. The Bible says he's weary with his journey. I'm going to just tell you how it went, okay? I'm going to tell you how it went. He's weary with his journey. Not only that, the Holy Spirit has led him to this place because he said, I must needs go through Samaria. So we know that at this moment, the Lord Jesus is full of the Holy Spirit. He is being led by the Holy Spirit because normally they wouldn't take this route. Normally they would go around and avoid Samaria because Samaritans hated Jews and Jews hated Samaritans. But he said, I must needs go. That means somebody was telling him to. The Holy Spirit led the Lord Jesus to this place. 
And he sends, he sends the disciples into the town for something to eat. Now keep in mind, keep in mind that earlier in the Gospels, you will find that Andrew finds the Lord Jesus. And then the Bible says he first, what? He first findeth his own brother and said, we have found the Messiah. You know what he's saying? I've got good news. What happened? As soon as he found the Lord, he said, I got good news. I want to go tell my brother. I got to tell my family, this is great. This is wonderful. Good news, good news, good news, good news. And now they've been following Jesus for a little while. And they go into the town. And I'm going to fast forward. They go into the town and a woman comes. She's a Samaritan woman. She's a sinful woman. She's a searching woman. That's alliterated. Somebody needs to write that down. Amen. Amen. When she met Jesus, she left a satisfied woman. She came thirsty. She came with a burden, a pot to find satisfaction. And instead of leaving with a burden, she walked off with the well. Anyway, some of y'all get that. She gets saved. Make, it, make a long story short. She believes in Jesus. And so she turns around and goes in to the same village the disciples were sent into. Now stay with me now. Stay with me. In, in, the, in the transition, the disciples are coming about the end of the conversation. And all of the disciples are looking and saying, what is he doing talking to her? That's, I'm just telling you. Well, Jesus and this woman is through with their conversation, so she goes back and they get to Jesus. They brought him a sandwich. They said, we've got you something to eat, and this is what he says. It's right there in your notes if you want to look. I have meat to eat that you know not of. What he is saying there is there is something more important than a sandwich that fulfills me. And they're thinking, they're thinking carnal like some of us would. Now who in the world brought him a sandwich? Somebody must have brought him something to eat. And this is, this is when Jesus has the eye roll. He said, you don't get it. You don't get it. Now watch this. In the meantime, let me just read. Let me just read. You, you don't, don't, no, don't go nowhere. Look at me. Look at me. John 4, 31. In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him saying, Master, eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that you know not of. Therefore, there said the disciples one to another, hath any man brought him aught to eat? Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Watch this now. Watch this. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. 
Behold, I say unto you, lift up your Come on, say it with me. Look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. Now, now, when he says this, there is a crowd coming from the town because the woman done made it to a town and told everybody the good news. You with me? And so when the woman gets back to the town and tells everybody the good news, the town comes out to meet Jesus. And when Jesus tells his disciples, lift up your eyes, look on the fields, I believe with all of my heart, he's pointing to all them people coming. Look. Look, guys. Look what you missed. The fields are white with harvest. Watch this. Watch this. It gets more convicting. Look what he says. And he that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto life eternal. That both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that true saying, one soweth and another reapeth. Watch this now. Watch this now. What's the first three words? I sent you. How, how shall they call on whom they've not believed? How shall they believe in whom they've not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? How, they, how shall they preach unless they be sent? He said, I sent you. I sent you. Look, I sent you to reap that whereon ye bestowed no labor. Other men labored and ye are entered into their labors. Watch this now. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the disciples. Mm. Many of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified, he told me all that ever I did. Now let me, let me describe to you what just happened. Here we have 12 disciples that had the good news. And their job was to share that good news. But they went into the the village. And the only thing that was on their mind was their carnal appetite. The only thing on their mind was their personal agenda. They did not see the fields white under harvest. All they seen was a need for food, physical food. And they told zero about the good news. But then you have this sinful woman. And she goes and tells everybody. And guess what? Everybody comes out. And a ton of people believe. Not because of the saying of the woman, or the the disciples, but because of the saying of the woman. Preacher, what does this mean? Those disciples represent the modern day church. You spend time with Jesus every Sunday. You come in here and you get jacked up and you get excited and you get get, uh, ministered to and you get blessed. 
And you get your worship on. And then you leave these doors being sent. And the only thing you can think of is your agenda. You can't see the fields that are white all around you. You can't see the people who are needing the good news, needing the gospel, desperately searching in crack houses for it, desperately searching in bars for it, desperately searching in illicit sex for it. They're looking for an answer, and we have it. But we're just like those disciples. We are unfaithful messengers. Don't tell me they won't get saved. This woman tells them one time and they come out. The problem is not whether they will believe it or not. The problem is nobody's telling them so they can. We're missionaries. We are all sent. Tell somebody. Bless God. Tell somebody. Tell somebody. You've got the greatest news that's ever been known to mankind. But we're not being faithful with the message. And because we're unfaithful with the message, there's an unheard message. And because there's an unheard message, there are tons of unsaved men. How many of y'all would agree that there was a look of disappointment on Jesus' face? Can you imagine? Now, it wasn't because they didn't have the good message, because they had the good news, because that's what Andrew told Peter. But somewhere along the line, they'd gotten used to it. Somewhere along the line, how many of y'all remember when you was first saved? I mean, the brand new Christian, baby Christian, just fired up, wild-eyed. You know, you'll tell anybody. But then we get used to being saved. We start taking, taking our salvation for granted. And, and, and we only know saved people because the longer we're saved, the more Christian friends we have. And sadly... To say that's about all we have. But ladies and gentlemen, we're sent. The question is not are we sent. We're sent. Go ye therefore. The question is are we going to be faithful messengers? I promise you if we are faithful messengers. There's going to be a heard message. And if there is a heard message, this, this news is so good, they're going to believe it. And if they believe it, they're going to call on him. And whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Preacher, I want so-and-so to be saved. Well, tell them. Have you shared the gospel with them? Have you shared the good news with them? Have you shared your story with them? What's your story? My life before Christ, how I came to Christ, my life after Christ. That's not complicated. 
Let's quit making this so hard. You know what the woman told them? He told me everything. Okay, y'all don't believe me? Let me read it. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman. What was the saying? This is what she said. He told me all that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? It's not complicated. It's not complicated. It's not hard. We just not, we need to pray for Bob. We need to pray for Bob. If you wasn't last, here last week, you don't know who Bob is. But if you were here last week, let's, let's pray for Bob. First, we're going to pray B. What's the first B? Burden. Say it with me. Burden. Let's pray for a burden. Do you know why these disciples didn't tell anybody in that village? Let's think about it a minute. What nationality were those disciples? What kind of people was in that village? Can we say probably in all honesty that they didn't have a burden for him? Not only do we need to pray for a burden, we need to pray for a B or O. Say it with me. Now them disciples had an opportunity, but they didn't have a burden. I'm afraid, I'm afraid that all of us, ain't no afraid about it, I know. We have opportunities every day. But we don't have no burden. What's the, what's the last B? Say it with me. Boldness. A burden, an opportunity, and boldness. Let's go tell them. Let's be missional members. Oh, but preacher, it's the pandemic and everything. How much more do they need to hear it? I, I, this past Sunday. This past Sunday. Hey, William, grab me one of them tissues. I'm on camera so I can't leave this spot. <laughs> Hurry. Sorry, fair of you. We'll be there in just a second. Thank you, sir. All right. I was going to wipe my nose with my mask, but I'm going to have to wear it in a minute. Y'all got such a dignified preacher. <clears throat> hey, there ain't no professionals around here. We're all just beggars that's found bread that's wanting to tell other beggars where to find it. I ain't trying to be something I'm not, bless God. Listen, let's go tell them. Let's go tell them. We got such good news. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm going to be honest with you guys. And a matter of fact, stand up so you know I'm done. <clears throat> you know, a Baptist preacher, he'll close like seven, eight times. <laughs> this, this, this Wednesday, everybody look at me now. Everybody look at me. I know you're stretching and all. Brother Montgomery, I've stepped out here right on this platform right here Wednesday. And from where I stood on that platform from that last step, to where I got right here, I could feel. I could feel stress, discouragement, fear 
I just lifted my head and I looked out over everybody Wednesday night. And I could see the trauma in everybody's faces. Worry. And I know they're thinking about the politics and the pandemic. And they're thinking about the deal with the schools and the kids and, and, and all this, everything. There's bad news everywhere. I was talking to Pox this week and said, Pox, I'm preaching this week on good news and bad news. He said, I'm going to hang with you on the good and I'm going to sleep through the bad. I, don't, I can't handle no more bad news. You know, that's, that's what they're thinking out there. Can you imagine how people will welcome your good news right now? When you tell people, how you doing? This is what I'm getting. Well, I'm here. Or, oh, me. Can you imagine what their response is going to be when you say, man, I got some good news. I challenge you. I double dog Alabama dare you this week to ask somebody this. You want to hear some good news? Say it with me. Say it out there at Fairview. Everybody say it together. You ready? Do you want to hear some good news? And I'm not a gambler, so I'm not going to say I'll bet. But I'll guarantee you, you're not going to get a no. Well, I don't know how to start the conversation. That sounds like a good way. You want to hear some good news? Let me tell you what I learned this week. It don't matter who you are. God's made it so easy. And I can guarantee you a trip to glory. I, I dare you to see what happens. Guys, we, we got to get back to business. We got to get back to business.